Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and welcome back to the show. It's been quite a bit. Um, I didn't post any podcasts during the month of February, but I'm back, and I'm so glad to be back with you today. Glad to be back on this beautiful full supermoon in Virgo. Glad to be back on this day when Mercury is going direct, and glad to be back to share this interview with you. So before I get into today's show, I want to invite you to sign up for my newsletter at theenergeticalchemist.com, and that way you can access my free 22 Days of Transformation as well as Creating with the Moon and Stars. And when you download Creating with the Moon and Stars, you can watch a video or read about this month's energy, including tonight's full supermoon. So be sure to go to theenergeticalchemist.com and get those free downloads just by signing up for the newsletter today. Okay, so now um, this conversation that I had was with two beautiful women named Angie Cho and Laura Morris, and they are the founders of Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Now, the one thing about this conversation that got me super excited was after speaking with them, I realized how similar Reiki is to Feng Shui. There are some similarities, and so... This conversation started to help me see feng shui as a form of energy work. And I guess for some of you, you'd be like, of course it is. I mean, that only makes sense. But something about speaking with them really had this click for me. So I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. They were a lot of fun. They are both beautiful personalities. And they have this school where you can learn how to be a consultant of the lineage of feng shui that they both have learned. And Angie shares in the conversation why this was so important to her. You know, it really became her passion to teach their lineage of feng shui so that she could help people have an alternative option for their career and personal success. Now, they also give us some clues about how we can use feng shui in very practical ways, such as in our love life or attracting abundance. They even give us some information about a particular crystal we can use and where to place it to attract abundance in our life. So there's a lot in this conversation. Be sure to check out their work at Mindful Design feng shui school and you can learn more about this at mindfuldesignschool.com go down in the show notes and the link will be there now laura and angie also have a podcast so i want to make sure you know about that as well it's called holistic spaces and you can sign or sign up for or follow i should say follow their podcast on apple podcast or on stitcher again it's called holistic spaces with angie cho and laura morris and yeah i'm sure you'll learn a lot from them and about this beautiful work that they do so you can go to holisticspaces.com and learn more about their podcast so that is it for now sit back enjoy the show and i will see you on the other side Okay, so on today's episode of Reiki Radio, we have two special guests. So I want to welcome you, Angie Cho and Lori Morris. Welcome to Hello. the show. Hi, thanks Hi. for having us. Hi. Um, I have to say, before we get into this, I'm really excited to have this conversation with the two of you about feng shui, about your school and your podcast and all that you do together. But there are so many things I know from my short conversations with you, I've learned that I don't know about feng shui. So I'm so thankful that the two of you are here to kind of enlighten us, shed some light on some things. But I wanted to start with, can you just let us know individually who you are, how you got into this work, and how you met each other? Yeah, yeah. Laura, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Sure. Mm -hmm. So my name's Laura Morris, and I live in Canada. I live just outside of Toronto. And I practice feng shui, obviously. I'm a feng shui consultant here in Toronto, but um, I also am a co-founder of Mindful Design Feng Shui School that I do with Angie. 
I have been practicing it feng shui for professionally for almost a decade. Uh, I've been practicing it as a practitioner and interest for almost 20 years. And Angie and I both have had successful feng shui consulting businesses and we are students. So we were students together in the same program and we graduated from the same program and that's how we met. And we actually, we were different years. So we didn't uh, we didn't actually start this partnership until well after we graduated, but we came together because of one of our teachers and we just, I don't know, it was really, I think we were asked to do something with our old school and we just loved doing it together so much. So I think at one point we just looked at each other and said, Hey, should we do this? <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm Angie Cho. So I'm, I'm partner with Laura in the mindful design feng shui school. So yeah, separately, we're both design professionals and feng shui experts, and we started this feng shui school together. Um, and actually, Laura and I have a very ha- both have kind of similar stories that we when we both when we started feng shui, we both um, did a feng shui adjustment and ended up marrying our boyfriends. <laughs> so we can we can attribute feng shui to our marriages, but. Um, but yeah, I live in New York City and I studied architecture and I worked in architecture for a decade before studying feng shui and I've incorporated feng shui into my work. And and then um, it's really been part of my whole spiritual path to work with feng shui and meditation and integrate with that, integrate that with my self-care with my growth and how I just navigate through life. Well, that's one of the things that I was excited to learn from both of you today that I'm sure a lot of people listening will find so fascinating because typically when you hear feng shui, people just think it has to do with, you know, the arrangement of things in a room or, you know, how my house is laid out or which way my doors are facing, something like this. Mm -hmm. um, From speaking with you, I've learned that there is even a philosophy that goes with feng shui. Feng shui could be a way of life and all of these different things. So can you share a little bit from both of your perspectives of why feng shui has become such an integral part of your life and what is different about it that maybe most people don't know? Well, for me, I think I like to describe feng shui as mindfulness for your spaces. So it's simply just another aspect of, I think, all of the self-care that probably all the listeners here are interested in and the work and the self-reflection and the spirituality work that we're all doing. It's just another aspect aspect of it, but it includes our environment. And I think more and more people are becoming dissatisfied with the status quo and, and what we were conventionally taught and brought up with. And it's not, it's not working for us anymore. So we're, we're looking at like, how do we change the way that we work? How do we change the way that we eat? How do we change, you know, how do we change the way that we interact with the natural world around us and how do we how do we live more harmoniously in our homes so this is why um feng shui is more than just feng shui more than just looking at the superficial aspects of your space because that's part of it but everything goes hand in hand like i just had an interview with someone and she was um like a pr person and she was or a reporter she was asking about like a desk. So anyways, I was saying like, well, you can have a high back chair. Uh, it's great to have a high back chair because it provides support. And the support, um, it not only provides support physically, but it provides support energetically. And so everything, even though it has maybe a um, physical, superficial definition, there's also the mirror that has like this deeper definition to it. So I, so 
that's my take on it. I, oh, she. Yeah, I think I would say for, for, um, uh, for me personally, when I'm, when people ask me what feng shui is when I'm out and about and not, not everyone knows exactly what it is. I refer to it as yoga for your home, because as Angie was saying, I think for many people, they already are practicing some of these modalities that are quite similar in many ways. So the foundations are similar. It's about breathing new life, not only into your space, but into your, to yourself. And uh, we, when we work in our school, a lot of what we work on is not just, yes, we talk a lot about design details. We talk a lot about floor plans, about how to, reading, how to read the space. Like you had mentioned, you know, what does it mean when a door is here? What does it mean when a window's here? What does it mean if your hallway goes this way? That's all absolutely part of what we do. But another really big part of what, what our school is about and what our lineage is about, so the type of feng shui that Angie and I practice, is about your own personal chi. And I think this for your listeners i mean it's so very it's got so many things that are similar that are similar to reiki on that level you need to strengthen your own personal chi before you're able to go out in the world and work with others so we make sure that our students have the tools to be able to clear their chi to be able to boost their chi to be able to recognize issues and imbalances in clients and there are uh, rituals and adjustments that we have to work with clients that are, for instance, if there is too much earth chi or not enough earth chi, and to be able to use the tools that we've been given through our lineage to be able to see that in others. But in order to do that, you really have to have cleared yourself and so that you can A, open up to the intuition, you can use your discern your discernment in that way. That's really cool. So it sounds like in a lot of ways, I mean, again, it's not just the arrangement of things, furniture, windows, but our uh, personal impact on our environment makes a difference as well. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's a really cool thing, I think, to learn and consider because we talk about on this podcast a lot how we... um, like the responsibility we all have and how we show up in different spaces because of the imprints or the energy that we are contributing to everything. So even when you do work with clients, then are you kind of getting a read for those different elemental qualities of a person? And then that goes into consideration of what you add to their space. Yes. I would say yes, for sure. It's it's definitely part of, and we have many different methods and tools in order to, beyond just having your own intuition, we definitely recognize that that's important and to get that uh, sense. But we also have methods and tools in order to validate it in a way uh, to see, oh yeah, you know, I'm getting this sense that maybe this uh, particular person is um, has a particular type of chi. We have many different little classifications, and uh, in that case, we would in, we can we can work not only in the space itself, but also with the person. But you know, when you're a feng shui practitioner in this holistic approach, you definitely want to be able to work with the space physical because also people really like that, and that's what makes this practice so strong. That's what separates it from some other energy work and and body work is that if you are so out of touch with your body <laughs> and you're not there it's it's re- we and you can have clients like that it's a really safe way to start to get gain awareness is to be able to work with your space and people can get their head around that right so it makes sense for them. Yeah, I it's interesting you say cuz my my office space just went to crap around the holidays. It just kept things kept piling up and I was like, "Oh, I hated being in this space." And finally after, you know, things had passed, I finally stopped to clean the space and it made me feel better all the way around, like even in and out of my office. Just mm-hmm. it being in a disarray was it was messing with me on all different levels. So it was very interesting. But I have to ask because, um, <laughs> Angie, you mentioned the word mirror a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so could you talk to us? What do you mean when you're saying that? Even when you said you mirrored your boyfriends and then you also talked about mirroring when it came to designing someone's space. And if you both could share a little bit about what 
feng shui is used for, like in practical ways? Okay, well, um, I think that in terms of feng shui and your environment, I think that your environment mirrors your life. So your environment can not only tell you, like the feng shui can tell you areas that you need to work on and that you need to improve. It can also, you, sometimes you're also attracted to a space with bad feng shui because perhaps that um, you're attracted to that because you need to um, work on that. So you were attracted to this space because it would exacerbate the problem. So you start to work on it. So that's how it's also a mirror and I think everything in life is a mirror, really. Like if someone is, if you're feeling angry, it's, it's a mirror for you to look at some aspects of your life or, um, and back to feng shui. So if you have like, so you, I remember when we first spoke, Yolanda, you're like, yeah, like, you know, I had this, um, you know, this, you know, you had something happen in your life to your friend. And, and then it was mirrored, like the way the impact on your emotions and in your personal life was mirrored in your space. Yes. So, so it, it comes out that way um, all the time. It's just that we are too speedy and we're running through life so quickly that we don't notice, we don't notice it. And um, so that's really like just one aspect of a mirror. And, and funny enough in feng shui, we use mirrors all the time. Like our teachers would joke that they would say, um, take, two mirrors and call me in the morning or something so we like sometimes we do a consultation and you're like oh my god I have to tell them to put like five mirrors up but um but they're small so it's okay um so and then Laura do you want to talk about like what uh, practical how we why someone would want to use feng shui practically yeah um actually we just we we literally have a, a workshop called oh. Practical Feng Shui, which we yeah. taught, which we just taught last week. And and the reason we did that was exactly with a lot of people come to this practice and they're very intimidated because there's a lot to learn or they get confused because there's so much information out there on the internet, absolutely an, an unbelievable amount. And sometimes it's conflicting. And uh, there are people out there that want to know how it can how it can benefit them, but they don't necessarily need to learn you know, every single thing about it. So practically, one of the nice ways to work with feng shui is, I mean, there's so many different levels, but we start, we, we recommend practically to start with your bedroom. So we can take that particular space and we can map it. So we have a tool in feng shui called the Bagua. And this, uh, uh, it's an energy map, a grid, to simplify it, that you lay on a space. And you and that, when we were talking about mirroring and reflecting, it is almost exactly that in a way. It shows how, what you can align areas of your home, bedroom, wherever space you choose, to areas of your life. So we will be able to map it out and say, and then, you know, as you learn more, you can sort of see patterns. So for me, it's, it's about mirroring in some extent, but for me, it's patterns. You see the same patterns coming up for people over and over again, not only in their life and in their own personal chi, but in what's happening in their home. And I look and I'm like, oh, you know, this is here. And, and then, you know, you ask a question. You're like, oh, do you, seem, do you have trouble with someone in your life that maybe isn't being truthful with you or maybe particularly maybe hiding something for you? Or are you having issues with somebody uh, who uh, is maybe involved in some aspect of your life that's reflected. This could be finances, it could be relationships, family. And that's almost where you get the divination. It, it almost becomes a, 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 an art of divination as well. So it's, it's a pretty cool tool to be able to use uh, in a space. And, and it's actually accessible to a certain level, especially if you want to focus on your bedroom. We always recommend that if you're going to try this away on your own, without a practitioner guiding you, start with your bedroom. It's very simple. It's super accessible. It's a small space and you can learn how to map that and then start there. So then I have to ask you this. So if we were, say, I wanted to map different areas of my life, like love, finance, all the, all the things people think about health, mm -hmm. whatever, I could map all the different areas in one room versus doing the entire house. But then to do the entire house would be just to like magnify it. 
Um, well, I would even say that working, it's kind of the opposite. If you work on your bedroom, it's more magnified because it's closer to you. So um, I don't know if it's, it, it's probably the same with all sorts of energy. I don't know if it's the same with all sorts of energy work, but basically like your bedroom, you spend the most time in your bedroom and you spend a lot of passive time like sleeping in bed. So you're actually very susceptible to the energies in your bedroom. So you're working on your bedroom is actually probably more powerful because it's more, um, yeah, it's more focused on you than it would be on your whole floor plan. Yeah. I, and it's also when you're dealing in feng shui, there's a lot of macrocosm and microcosm. So you will probably often, I find when I'm dealing with clients and looking at their floor plans and deal and going through all of the information, the same pattern shows up, whether you look at it on the whole house or in a small part of the house. And that's the mm -hmm. idea of the macro being the bigger and then the micro. I mean, you could look at their desk in a micro way and then say, oh, and then the same thing would come up, you know? So it's, that's what's really cool as well. So that's why we say, start with your bedroom. You will still get an inf enough information for you to sort of go, oh my goodness. Yeah, you're right. Like, oh, I, I should look at that area. Because as Angie and I always say, don't try and do too much. Keep it simple. And, and don't try and do too much. Don't overwhelm yourself because a few, very, a few small adjustments and key adjustments, they can go a long way. So I want to ask you this too, because you, one of you mentioned self-care in the beginning of this. And so I'm wondering, how would I take my feng shui with me? What does it even mean, actually? What does feng shui even mean? And like, how, how do you take that expression of, say, your home out into the world with you sure well so feng shui is a literally translates to wind and water so if you think about it that way as humans we're made up of of air our breath and water so it's really about humans and how humans live in harmony with nature and learning from the patterns of nature like wind and water like what's happening in the wind what how is the movement how is the water how can we best um, locate ourselves to improve our lives so in like um so how can you bring feng shui with you so like if like laura talked about the microcosm and the macrocosm and you talked about you asked about okay like what if i want to improve my um fame okay that's one area of the feng shui bagua map so we could you could um find the fame actually we'll do wealth and abundance that's easier to describe um, so wealth and abundance. So, so Yolanda, you would, so we could advise you. Okay. So if you're standing in the doorway of your bedroom, looking in the far left corner of your bedroom is your wealth area, your wealth and abundance area of your bedroom. And so if you want to work on that area, you can work on that in three ways. You can work on the wealth area of your bedroom. You can work on the wealth area of your desk. So you're sitting at your desk right now. So you're, it would be the far left corner of your desk. And then you could also, since wealth and abundance relates to your wallet, you could also do the same adjustment in your wallet. So maybe we'll advise you to carry a piece of citrine. So you have, so you have a, you put a piece of citrine in your wallet to activate abundance because also citrine has its own um, intrinsic qualities of, of prosperity and abundance. And then We'd also say put another piece of citrine in the wealth abundance area of your desk, which is that far left corner, and work and put also that same adjustment, which is a piece of citrine in the wealth area of your bedroom. So that's one way that you could um, have that uh, feng shui intention or the adjustment that you do permeate on different levels. And it's much more powerful because you're working on like yourself, you're working on your in your you're having it adjust, you're adjusting your bedroom you're adjusting your workspace and you're adjusting your personal chi as you carry it around with you that's really cool i think people are going to be excited to hear you talk about carrying crystals with them but <laughs> so and i noticed that as well on your website um and i want to talk about the two different websites so people can learn more about your work as well but you have different um tools i guess you'll call them that people can use as part of their 
feng shui and things they can buy for themselves. So crystals is one. I saw that you have like Palo Santo and mirrors and these things. Can you talk about these different elements and how they come into play? Sure. Laura, do you want to talk about the method of minor adjustments? Uh, sure. So we have, yes, we have things like crystals and Palo Santo and all those things you can use for space clearing. And in feng shui, we have what's what we call the method of minor adjustments. Um, and it is uh, a list or groupings, different categories of how we look at how you can adjust uh, a space. And it often just takes a very small thing in order to have a very large impact. So it could be something like uh, one of the categories is light, one is color, one is heavy, one is movement, um, and, and life is another one. And so these are uh, all different sort of general categories for different things and tools that we would use in it. So for instance, life, plants would fall under life. Another one would be pets. If you really want to go out and get yourself a fish or a nice healthy cat, uh, that's another way. And uh, heavy. So for instance, if you're running, bringing heavy off and that's really for grounding or you need to shift something and you want to add some weight, something that's where you could use uh, rocks and crystals as well. And um, there's, so Yes, you can go and get these and do clearings, et cetera. But you can often, you know, these are not, you don't actually have to spend a lot of money to do feng shui, I think is one thing. Mm -hmm. I think everyone needs to understand. You don't need to break down walls. You don't need to need to redesign your entire space. That's the beauty of the method of minor uh, additions uh, is to be able to make small adjustments to have a big impact. Small, yeah. cost-effective. Yeah. So that's why like some of the things we have on the website, like, like we also have feng shui crystals, which is like the faceted crystal balls. That's a method of minor um, adjustment. Yeah, additions, where, yeah. Method of minor additions where you, it um, can break up the, it has different uses, but it breaks up the chi, any kind of energy and it provides um, clarity. And then, um, and then also we, a big part of feng shui is also space clearing and space blessings, which uh, I love to use Palo Santo for because it's very light and it's not as heavy as like something like sage. But um, we also use like orange, orange essential oil or orange peels, or you can even peel an orange to uplift the chi of a space. So that's where, that's where um, there is like a misconception. Like someone wrote me a Facebook message one time saying, I don't have, I forgot what they said, but basically it was like definitely like a poverty mentality email, but it was like, um, without like spending, you know, without spending a mil, like tons of money, I need, do you have any suggestions? And it was, it was a very interesting question because you don't need to spend any money. Um, I mean, if you want someone's help, you know, you should, there needs to be a balance of energy, whatever right. that means, but you don't but have to buy something. So with the different elements that you provide, obviously what's running in the background for me are the spaces that we do energy work in. So a lot of people who listen to the show, they're practitioners of Reiki, but other things as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that the, you know, creating sacred space in this type of thing is very important to a lot of people who listen to the show. And I know that you do consultations. So do people reach out for consultations just on their workspaces, not necessarily home. And what services do the two of you offer? Uh, yeah, we do. So we both still act as consultants and uh, we don't do as many as we used to do now that we are teachers. So we spend a lot of our time training people to become consultants, but we also have a list of consultants on our mindful design school page for our graduates that are now consulting and we often refer people to them as well um, if we can't physically be there. So obviously I just do cons consultations in Toronto, the Toronto area. I do go up and down the 401 corridor for all the Canadians out there that are listening, you know what I'm talking about. So I do do that uh, and I will go and travel and absolutely I work with everything from commercial spaces to houses and um but, uh, and I do remote stuff as well too. So I do, you know, work remotely with clients. Um, so it's something that, um, yes, if you, there is a fee, as Angie said, when you're working with a consultant, it's an investment 
And it is, you will, I can confidently say that, you know, when you book a feng shui consultant, that is, uh, you know, uh, very accomplished and capable. I'm not just saying it has to be me, but someone out there that you get a reson, you, you, you know, resonate with and you, you, something clicks for you it's worth the money. They know a lot more than you could ever read a, in a book or online. So, you know, a lot of people, there is a lot of information out there, but it is a different experience when you work one-on-one with a consultant, I can say. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think that's also kind of a misconception. Like people don't know that they could hire someone to, to consult on their space, but you can, and it's probably better. Like we just did this program this last weekend. Um, where we just did a quickie review of a bunch of people's floor plans in a classroom setting and or, or a workshop setting and they i would say all of them had laid the bagua incorrectly but um but i think this goes for most things like you can if possible it's always better to work with someone who's who's knowledgeable who's been who who can guide you rather than just read it in a book because there's only, there's no there's no transmission there's no energy exchange I know this is true for Reiki too like there needs to be that's that's vital to have the energy exchange and the transmission to really understand the energy and to do energy work so um, it's very helpful to have someone functional in your space. I want to ask you both about um, the podcast and the classes that you teach, but I. Um, it just came to mind to ask you as well. And of course it completely just left my mind as soon as I said that, but, um, Oh, I know what it was. I wanted to know what do people tend to come and want, like, why would I want to do it? Is it because I feel stuck and do people tend to use feng shui when they're just feeling kind of off or does it tend to be also for specific things? Like I want to attract a partner or I do want to increase my abundance these types of things? Uh, for me and the type of clients uh, that come to me, it's uh, usually one of two things. Uh, it is something, as you said, isn't going right in their life or they, they can't seem to get past some type of obstacle that they have tried to work on in many other ways. And they have heard about this. They know that this is something that, uh, that's there, but they don't know a lot about it and they're interested in it. And uh, that's great. So, you know, you know, there's something that we need to work on or look at and they, they have a specific issue. And then my other client that I, I seem to get a lot actually are uh, people that are moving into new spaces. And I, I, Linda, you're probably finding this too. People are just so much more in tune with these kind of modalities like Reiki and Feng Shui. And they, um, they, are, they want it in their lives and they understand the value of it. And they are moving into a new house or they're, they want to buy a new house and they want it to be the best it can be. And they want to make sure that the energy is right and that they can do everything they can to sort of support themselves and their families. And I would say more and more, I'm getting more and more clients like that, which is lovely. It's great to be able to work with people that come with you that are so open-minded and just ready to do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, feng shui is also so great for people that are stuck, as you oh. said, and there's so many ways they can be stuck. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, all of the above. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's really, it is a good thing to do when you're, when you're in any kind of transition and um, and just like, I guess, similar with the therapist, it's a lot of people wait. They're like, oh, I'm not ready. Like my place is a mess. Like even a consultation I'm having soon, um, she asked me, I have some clutter in the living, in the entry that's supposed to be going out soon. Should you, is that going to affect the consultation? And, and no, it doesn't like, um, in fact, probably if you're having a really hard time and you're for whatever reason, that might be the best time to, to get a consultation because that will get the energy moving. But um, any time is a good time for feng shui. I think it's if you are ready to kind of to, to make a shift in your space, but also like definitely when you're moving into a new place, when you're starting a new venture, if you want to attract a new partner, all of these things, because it's all about changing your energy and the energy that you might totally take for granted around you. 
You know, um, listening to both of you talk about this, it's interesting because it's what's standing out to me is all of these different layers, especially in this arena that we consider working on, right? So whether it's working on our own energy, doing, you know, Tai Chi or yoga, something for the movement of the body, people are more mindful. Um, Just like you were mentioning, Laura, people are more mindful about how things feel, what they're feeding themselves all around. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think it also highlights the importance of our environment, you know, and a lot of times we don't consider how much our environment is impacting us too. So we could sit and meditate and, you know, do our yoga and do all these things. But if our environment is holding a particular energy, of course, that's going to impact us as well. So um, with that, I know that the two of you also have a feng shui school. So could you talk to us a little bit about the school? Is it online? And what do people learn? Sure. Do you want to go, Angie? Yeah, okay. So we have, so Laura and I started a feng shui school, and it is online. We teach everything live, though, because, because again, that transmission aspect is critical. We really want to work one-on-one. We want to, well, not one-on-one, but we want to be live and working with someone and not just pre-record something and and blah 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 onto the screen but we want to get to know our students we and we want to transmit part of our tradition is transmit orally because it's a, it's similar to the tibetan traditions or the ancient buddhist traditions where you transmit the information orally and it needs to be received by the ear and then later we'll give them written written um handouts and then we really feel like uh, that's really critical because then there's accountability and we have little pods within our students so they can have their own accountability groups. So we teach everything live and online. And then we also, um, we have that certification program for people who want to become certified. Either they want to become certified feng shui consultants and do consultations, or they actually just want to like really dive deep and understand feng shui because it doesn't, I think a lot of people like take yoga teacher training programs and things like that, but it doesn't mean they'll necessarily be a practitioner or a consultant or a teacher, but um, we really want to just give them everything that they need to know to help other people. Because I find a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of our students have a deep yearning to, to help, to help the world and to share and to grow and heal themselves and grow and, and help other help other people heal as well. And they're really fascinated in, and um, attracted and connected to, to spaces. So, um, and then we also started this recently, um, a seasonal class, which is called Practical Feng Shui. And it's really just um, a, toe di- a toe dip in, but it's enough for you to like, we'll look at your floor plan and it's enough for you to kind of figure out your own Feng Shui a little bit and learn the basics. But really, you know, you need to, you should hire a consultant or, or just like look at it as a superficial thing and just do a few small, you know, superficial shifts, mm-hmm. shifts in your home, which help a lot too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like Angie mentioned, the school is live and online. So we have, we have students from all over North America and uh, we, it's a six month program and we are there every step of the way with students. And you, you think that when you meet online each week that it, you wouldn't get as close as you do, but we find that uh, you really do create a community and a sense of connection with all of the students and with us as teachers. And we, uh, our students, there's a lot of transformation and we hear this when we talk to them and and there's a confidence. They all sort of say the one thing they come out with is they really do feel confident. They feel the, that they feel that they could go in, absolutely go into someone's home and work with them. And Angie and I set this program up to obviously continue the lineage that we both studied, but also to really have a practical approach and a, a hands-on approach so that you can see what tools do I really need in order to work with someone one-on-one and to be a consultant and it could be commercial consultant it could be residential it could be real estate there's so many levels to using it and how you can merge it with your existing business but our intention was always we just want to make sure people learn practical business business focused at the end so you do sort of 
if you want to take it that way, we are there to support you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really cool. It's interesting too. It just seems to go hand in hand, obviously with energy work, but I don't know that I would have necessarily made that correlation before. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that you both speak about the side of it, people who are interested in being consultants, but then again, the people who just want to learn these types of things for a very personal reason, like um, listening to both of you too, I'm like, oh, this would be amazing to learn because of the intentionality that I want to have in my own life. And again, not excluding my environment that I'm in all the time. It only Mm -hmm. makes sense. So I want to make sure, and of course it's going to be in the show description, but mindfuldesignschool.com is where people can sign up to take classes. And you said it's live. So when does the next class begin? The next session begins May 2nd. So we, enrollment is open now for it's called fall. Is that what we're, it's the fall 2020? Uh, so, yeah, is that so what the, we're calling you'll graduate, it? Yeah. So you yeah. start in May, but you graduate. Start in May, but you graduate. And so it'll say fall 2020. And it begins May 2nd weekend. We do a live, live immersive foundational weekend where we meet as a group uh, for the weekend. And we make sure that you have the foundational feng shui uh, concepts, principles, all that stuff. So that when we move into the, the second level, we can really start to dive deeply about design details and reading a space and all that stuff and all of the adjustments that come along with that. So yeah, it kicks off uh, May 2nd and yeah, they can go to mindfuldesignschool.com and there's lots of information and links there and they can read all about it. Okay. So mindfuldesignschool.com, they can register now. It starts in May and this is a six month program Mm -hmm. and all the information is there. You all have a lot of good um, information, also including the, I think you call it the apothecary on the one site where you have the tools like the crystals and the mirrors mm-hmm. and the Palo Santo and these things. But I want to make sure people also know about holistic spaces. So the two of you have a feng shui um, podcast. Um, you also talk about other aspects of um, energy and design and life. But what inspired this podcast and where can we tune in? Well, so I actually started the podcast before Laura and I became partners. And then, um, and then she came on and now we do it together. So it's much more fun because, <laughs> well, you probably know, Yolanda, like, talk, like coming up with all of it yourself is a lot. But when, yeah. um, now that Laura and I are doing it together, we can do a lot of banter back and forth forth and it's more playful so um so we started the podcast just and we and we continue the podcast because we find it's a way that we can share and offer more information about feng shui without um without being like it's very limited when you write a blog post and when you write a book because there's so much there's only so much you can say but there's a lot more that can be shared when you're speaking about it so we really wanted to just give another level of understanding to feng shui and to um, share our perspective because Laura and I, one thing that we're big on too is really having an abundance mindset versus a poverty mindset and having a pot and looking at it um, in a love directed way instead of a fear, a fear based way. So instead of saying, well, you're missing this area and you're going to be in big trouble and you should do this or you're going to have a really bad luck. We say, well, let's focus on the positive aspects of this. What does this mean? And if there is a challenging situation, how, how is that a gift and how can you work with that? So we really want to promote our understanding of feng shui from a female viewpoint, because it was actually very male dominated. Hmm. Um, actually like two of our teachers are men and what a, and one was a woman and she was like the new one. So it's actually very male. Do- it was very male dominated for a long time. Now it's very, you know, female dominated, but we want to give it, we also want to showcase how women can create careers and businesses and lives that are out of the box. And now we have all these opportunities to do that as times are changing and how to really get out of a life that you might be feeling suffocated by like we were both in the corporate world or you know working for people and really unhappy so we 
so we want to show what you can do the opportunities you have and how how energy work can really start to open you up so and we're really excited because you'll be on our podcast too so we have wonder and okay and we also interview wonderful women that do the same thing like energy work and and are making big strides in the world to change yes beautiful Oh, and the and the, and you're also mentioning yes, we have another website, holisticspaces.com, with an H H O L O S T I C spaces.com, and that's where the that's where we also have the podcast in the store. Yeah, and I saw. I mean, even some of the topics I think again would be things people wouldn't expect, like feng shui and love, and you know these types mm-hmm. of things. Um, I believe I saw something as well about feng shui and spring cleaning, which yes. I mean, is perfect timing for this, right? I mean, and it's mm-hmm. funny because it's interesting how the energy of us, how it really does coincide with nature and these changings of the changing of seasons and something does inspire in us to like make change, whether it's, you know, rearrange our home, get rid of things, clearing space, our own attempts, maybe at creating harmony and balance our own feng shui but how cool that you all provide so much information so that we can have a deeper understanding of what all of this means so i have to ask you too laura with the podcast do you is this like um do you all enjoy this as like another leg of teaching or is it just like a space where you guys get to uh brainstorm in a way Mm -hmm. what is the podcast for you Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I enjoy doing it because I can do it with Angie. I don't know if I would do one on my own. I, uh, I think for, for me, I like the idea of engaging with more people and, uh, really making sure that people understand the power of this practice, that there are some misconceptions and maybe some fear as Angie had mentioned, and we just want to do our part as uh, practitioners in our lineage to share the compassion and to really just have people become more aware of their spaces and actually not just their spaces you know when they go out in the world and and to kind of open their hearts to to that and i feel that um you know angie and i it's not it's not our job or anything but we have we're just part of a, a bigger lineage and and I think it's important for for me and I'm pretty sure it's important for Angie to represent that and to really make sure that people understand feng shui and see the beauty in it like that that we do yeah yeah and I think there's also one more thing that it's important at least for me is that the podcast is nice because it is your voice and so it's putting your sound current into the world and I think a lot of women or myself at least feel um not able to speak up as much. And so I love that the medium is also about using your voice and putting your vibration out into the world in a, in a specific way that women traditionally were more um, suppressed in, especially like, a, you know, from my cultural background. So I, lo- I love that aspect too. So it challenges us and helps us to grow, like teaches us how to communicate more, how to be more, more precise. You know, we got some feedback. Someone said that we said too many ums. <laughs> and I was like, oh, geez. I mean, we're just doing, we're just doing this. We're not professionals. But, yeah. um, but it's also, it's, but it's still good feedback. You know, you have to look at it like, well, what can I learn from this? Well, how can I have more, more hygiene with what I speak, what I put out in the world? Because that's energy too. So it's, it's really been a wonderful growing uh, uh, opportunity to grow. Yeah. And it's funny when you say that, it reminds me of the word that you kept uh, saying before, mirror. A podcast is a great mirror for us. Like, yeah. It really, really is. I have to say, um, I again, I'm thankful that you all came because there was a lot about feng shui that I didn't understand until speaking with um, both of you. And now I am more curious. So I hope that everyone will go to your websites, mindfuldesignschool.com to learn more about what you teach in your classes, but also to go to holisticspaces.com to tune into the podcast, also see the apothecary, and even learn more. And your podcast is available. I am subscribed on iTunes, but I imagine it's on a lot it's on of the different iTunes and Stitcher. 
Stitcher. Okay. Oh, yeah. Apple Podcasts now. They've changed it. Apple Podcast and Apple, Stitcher. Apple Podcasts. Yes. <laughs> so go uh, look for Holistic Spaces and you can connect with Laura and Angie that way. I want to thank you both so much for coming to the show today. Thank Thanks you for having, having us. us. Okay, so I want to give a special thank you to Laura and Angie for coming to share with us here on Reiki Radio. You know, they both have done so much interesting work within this realm of feng shui. Laura was actually the feng shui expert on CBS's Stephen and Chris, and she's also the author of Creating Change. Now, Angie is the author of Holistic Spaces and has been featured in dozens of publications, including Mind Body Green, The New York Times, and BuzzFeed. So again, I would love for you to learn more about their work. If you're interested in learning how to become a feng shui consultant, be sure to go to mindfuldesignschool.com. And if you want to check out their podcast, go to holisticspaces.com. And then if you want to join me in the Alchemy Circle or get those free downloads I was telling you about, be sure to visit TheEnergeticAlchemist.com and all of these links are down in the show description. Have a happy full moon, everyone, and remember to always journey in love. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.